We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the fucker fly, man. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. What other 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night? You know, whatever. But no, I'm serious. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. I say right foot creep. Cheers, boys. And it's the first Field of 12 After Dark edition in 2023 i hope everybody had wonderful new year's festivities and i hope all the college football fans out there enjoyed the semifinals as much as we did this is the first time that i can remember in college football playoff history we had two legendary games come down to the wire it was eight plus hours of just electric college football action and we are here to break down everything we saw yesterday and do a little preview of the national championship game next week. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. You can find us on the Field of 12 YouTube channel. Click subscribe if you are over there as well. I'm Greg Waddell. We got Michael Felder. We got Christian Hackenberg. And we're going to get into it, folks. Let's start, as always, though, with our toasts. It's New Year's. I don't know how much you two uh, partied, celebrated a little bit last night after all the games were wrapped up. So I don't know if you're ready for a toast at 2 p.m. Eastern time in the afternoon right now. But, Felder, let's throw it your way first. Who you got for your toast? Hey, let me tell you something. I worked all day. So here we go. I'm toasting to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh. They went out and they got the job done. Anytime you have four, potentially five first-rounders come back and play and decide that in a game that's not even the playoff, we want to show what we can do, they showed what they can do. And they can get in your ass. And it was amazing. And I'm super excited for Deontay Lawson um, going forward, a guy that's a redshirt freshman for them at the linebacker spot. So I'm going to toast to the tide. I feel I like that it. was a culture win for them. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Like more so than anything, it, it – Testament to Nick Saban. I, I like that one. I love it. Hack, who you got? Um, yeah, it's hard. I really wasn't prepared for a toast today. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was licking my wounds a little bit. Um <laughs> the bourbon actually went down a little bit smoother than I thought. So <laughs> kind of excited about this next one. Uh, but uh I'm gonna go with Amari Di Mercado down there and at yes. TCU, the running back. Um and and, and Possibly also tag along with the offensive line there. They they did a damn good job against a really tough physical Michigan team. 
And uh, we're going to get into it, but they did everything they needed to do to win that football game and then some. So uh, here's to that young fella down there. Hell of a game. Um, going to need to bring it back here in a week. So well, enjoy cheers. it while you got it. That's a good one. All right. I was debating between the two triumphant head coaches yesterday. And since you went TCU, I'll go Georgia. I'm going to go Kirby Smart. I think uh, of all the big moments yesterday, we're going to talk about all of them. One of the biggest by far was the timeout prior to Ohio State's successful first down conversion on the fake punt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a massive moment where one man can potentially stop that. Kirby Smart does so successfully. I think you could argue that game was over if Ohio State picks up that first down. Obviously, you know how it played out after uh, his post game. You know, I listened to, I try to listen as much as I could in between the two games of both post game press conferences. And I thought, I mean, Kirby flat out said Ohio State deserved to win that game. We'll talk more about it. They controlled most of that game, but uh, just really impressed with him. Obviously, back-to-back national championship appearances is incredible, but uh, it, you know he had a very influential moment to get them there, and I was very impressed by it. So cheers to you, Kirby. Cheers. All right, let's start with the first game from yesterday. And uh, for anybody watching this, this may flow a little bit different than our typical Field of 12 After Dark shows. Uh, we we have some flexibility on how long we could go. We think this might be about a 45-minute show, so we'll try to go about 20 minutes for each game. Uh, but obviously, Michigan-TCU, what a game. I mean, just starting there, what an entertaining game for college football to have. Uh, Michigan came into this game expected to win. Favorites, according yep. to our friends at Bet Rivers. TCU, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one loss in the According Big to Michigan fans, too. According to Michigan fans, according to Michigan players, coaches, I think everybody expected to walk in and come out of that stadium with a victory. I think it's hard to look at the result and say that Michigan couldn't have came away with a victory. They had plenty of opportunities to win that game. TCU made massive plays in opportunistic moments. TCU, I thought, out physical Michigan. Uh, and in general, again, like I said, a back and forth, highly entertaining game. Ultimately, the Horn Frogs are victorious. So, Felder, let's throw it your way first. Uh, starting on the TCU side, do you believe that these guys really came in with this chip on the shoulder of like, you're just overlooking us? You're saying you're going to run right through us. Now, hold up. You don't know who we are. Because I saw a little bit of that in that game. They looked like they out physical the Michigan Wolverines, and that hasn't happened this year. Yeah, I, 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 the big thing for me, um, and I've, I've, I said this on College Sports Now, I've said it, we said it when we were talking, they had to come out, and they had to come out swinging. They had to, they, they had to aim small, miss small, but they had to pick those spots, and when they picked those spots, those spots had to hit, and they did it. And that's the thing for me, and I don't, I understand there's two pick sixes. Guess what? That's on you. You threw those pick sixes. Then the other part for me is, 51 points. Hack, tell them, 51 points yeah. on the board? Even with the two pick sixes, it doesn't matter. 51 points on the board. That's not a game Michigan ever wanted to be in. Yeah, that's not that's not their game. That's not their brand. That's not their style. But to your point, though, about the turnovers, I mean, there was a lot of turnovers in that game. Even, yes. you know, Max Duggan threw two picks. JJ's yep. obviously resulting in 14 points is, is really tough to overcome, right? And I think you make a, a great point about you know, we talk about each game, there's matchups within the games. George Whitfield talks about it all the time, those matchups yes. and how they go, right? And we, everyone, not just us, but really everybody was looking at the physicality of Michigan, and and rightfully so. 
coming into the game, you have the best offensive line in college football back-to-back years. Um, their identity was pound the rock, JJ McCarthy kind of just play game manager, use, you know, maybe he gives us that edge outside of Cade in certain situations with his athletic ability. Why didn't they run him more? Yeah, I don't know. You know, and that's the thing is I I I and getting to that, like I was watching this game and my pregame analysis was Michigan doesn't have to be anything than what they have been all year, right? They have to impose their will. And I thought the jump, they run ISO on the first play and rip it off for like 55, 60 yards, right? And I'm like, oh shit, here we go, right? And then it was just like a completely different team after that play. They went in and tried to get cute. They tried to be something they weren't. And ultimately, I think that came back to bite them in the ass as well as TCU played. I felt like that played into that as well, is Michigan with some self-inflicted wounds. Which is, well, the thing for me is, after that big play, TCU gapped out. Yeah. They gapped out. One guy, one gap, one guy, one gap, one guy, mm-hmm. one gap. And they did a great job of that because that's the also that's also the thing that sunk them against Kansas State yeah. in the Big 12 championship game. It hurt them early. And then after that, it wasn't that they lived in the backfield. They weren't moving the line of scrimmage all the way back. Mm-hmm. But what they were doing were being where they're supposed to be. Yeah, right. And, and and the the thing with that too is is w- when you're Michigan, you expect Michigan to be able to win those one-on-one matchups at times yep. with the with the guys you have up front and create some space and it, if you can get to the second level in those situations, oftentimes that can that can hurt you. And TCU did a good job of that offensively um against yep. a Michigan team that is very yes. very sound on defense. You know what I mean? You saw a lot of second level runs, explosive runs, you know, arm tackles, shoelace tackles that could have been even bigger. Had yeah. they not, had they not got a, you know, just one guy making an incredible effort. So, uh, but ultimately like my take on this is just, you know, Max Duggan didn't statistically play the greatest game on the planet, sure. but I think heart and soul of that team led them the right way. And then everyone on that, on that team did their job and they did their job exceptionally well, coaching staff down probably to the athletic trainers and they're going to need another one of those performances. Right. Um, yeah. And into heading into next week, but uh, really impressive. Obviously, sucks as a Big Ten guy. You know, had a lot of high, had a lot of expectations for Michigan. And I think that's a unique thing too. You know, where, where's Michigan going from here after this? You know, next next year, what's the thought process? You get to it twice. You make a change at quarterback that you think is going to be a difference, and you're in the same spot against a lesser. But you don't let him change anything. You don't let him. Cha- you don't. You don't let him change anything. Like when JJ got going. They were yeah. down, what, 20 points? And mm-hmm. J.J., they finally let J.J. go. And then all of a sudden, he starts to make plays and things start happening. And then, I don't know, you it's 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 like putting the, the, the cap back on the toothpaste. Like, your teeth are never going to be clean if you don't if you don't let it flow, baby. So mm-hmm. to that to that point, Felder, I, one of my observations as someone who's watched a ton of Michigan football, I live in the state of Michigan. Dad's mm-hmm. a big U of M guy, right? Like I've, oh, I've yeah. watched every game of this team this year. I was watching with my pops yesterday and he Ooh. had meltdowns. This just came, <laughs> came out, but uh, it, how much looked upset. They look oh, they... oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Cause back, back to the point at the top though, everybody assumed this was a win. And yeah. uh, I, I think they should have, honestly, like I think uh, on paper, Michigan should have expected a win in this game. However, uh, how this game played out, how much do you think the fact that, you know, they went to that Philly special after that mm-hmm. first drive, they're immediately in the red zone. You you don't take the three. You don't convert the seven. You end up zero, zero. 
And even after that, I mean, they had opportunities. They stopped TCU immediately, three and out. It, it was really that J.J. McCarthy first pick six that swung the game, set Michigan up where they're playing from behind. How much did that game script swing this? Because this was a, a bit of a wonky game where weird stuff happened both sides, three turnovers, both teams. But what I noticed was Michigan doing some unconventional things. I haven't really seen them do this season. Like they're they're going man to man, sending eight guys a ton in the second half. That's what you saw in the Quentin Johnson play, right? Like, yeah, they, yeah, that's not what they've done. They've sat back in zone and dared teams to beat them and had success with it. How much of the the weird decision making from the Michigan staff doing things they haven't done all year was just simply due to the fact that they were down early and had to try some things? What do you think, Felder? Well, one, I think that's a testament to what TCU was able to do. And then two, and I want to get your your thoughts on it, Waddell, and I want to get, get your thoughts on it, Hack. When you are a team that's supposed to be the Hulk, and then all of a sudden, oh, you got to do a flea flicker. You got to do a, a running a, a running back pass. Yeah. Like, you're not the Hulk no more, dog. Like, and that's, that's the funny thing is we talked about TCU having to reach into the bag of tricks before this game and, and empty the kitchen sink and throw everything at it, mm-hmm. and they really didn't. They just played their game, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Felder. Greg, tell me. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because I think, like, I, I think – you're running blitzes you, know, you never ran and you're you're it was more baffling to me on the defensive side to your sure. point like they're just they ran some stuff i haven't seen them do against anyone ohio state included and they were down to ohio state for much of the first half in that game they didn't yeah. go away from who they were um the the weird offensive trick play stuff like it's easy to criticize but at the same time like they they ran the little halfback fake throw against ohio state it worked so it's it wasn't but shocking they, to me. They needed it last night. You're right. You're right. 100%. They needed it. They 100%. needed it. And that's the part that I, I point to. They needed that last night. They needed it. Yeah. Because they could not get push. TCU was focused. I'm an A-gap player. Guess what? I'm in A-gap. I'm a B-gap player. I'm in B-gap. They were focused on what they were doing after that first big run. They knew what they were supposed to do. They understood the assignment. And then Michigan was like, oh, we can't move them. We can't push them. I guess we have to try to trick them. And yeah, if yeah. your game plan is we have to trick you, then you have a problem. Yeah, you're in trouble. The, the, to answer your question, though, Greg, about the game flow and, and how, the, how much that dictated it, it, I think that you highlighted it perfectly with that first drive, though, right? Like, you see the ISO, they rip off a big play, yep. and then they kind of started it themselves before it was even a 14 nothing ball game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They they started it with how they set the tone in that first drive. And to me, this is, again, really uncomfortable. And, you know, I don't know if it's just a, a coaching staff and a team that doesn't have a ton of experience playing in those types of games at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And trying to – trying to be something like I said that they're not that's just that's the theme for me for this game they just tried to be something that they weren't and they I don't know if it was they got creative got cute stuff that we talked about like oh yeah they're just saving this for the right time but yeah, I don't it's I, just like they, they just tried too fucking hard like that's they, the only way like they're just they just trying too hard they couldn't they couldn't no, do I, any of their regular stuff they I, couldn't do their regular stuff because think about TCU knifing in and getting a TFL knifing in and getting a tackle for two yards knifing in like the TCU understood where they were going 
but what I'm saying is, is with their with their conceptual, they're supposed their to identity, do- dominate. But with their identity of football, though, if, fuck the domination. Like with their identity of football, if you can run the football the way that they have and the way they yeah. started the game, yes. Like you need to start working in play actions. You need to start working in naked. Yes. Get JJ on the edge. Get him some easy completions. Use your athletes Which, in space. Use your tough physical guys in space. Right. And all those things, if you have defensive guys that are playing sound, that's not outside of your identity. That's not outside of your right. skeleton. Um, it's wrinkles compared to what you've had to do, but it's stuff that that team and a it's younger quarterback, identity. it's your, it's still your identity, right? but it's just that next evolution of that identity that they really never got into. They went from like their identity to like, w- like you said, like fucking like, what the fuck are they doing? Running right. reverse passes and, and flea <laughs> flickers and shit. Like they skipped the whole step in evolution. Right. Yeah. And yes. that's what got me is like you're, at, you're watching, the game, I, I, watching the game. I'm sitting there like, okay, if we can't run the football, like maybe let's try to screen them. Let's try and get them with some misdirection. Let's try and, like I said, action it on early downs when they're thinking run heavy and they might be bringing some pressure and we could get a favorable yes. matchup on the outside. Get JJ where he can use his legs, not just from the pocket. So there, to yeah. me, there was a lot of different there, – there was a lot of baby steps that they could have taken to ultimately get to where yeah. they wanted to get to. Skipping and they just never step. did it. Skipping a step is the perfect way to put it because this is a team that should have, oh, okay, TCU is making good run fits. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do we do next? We show them run, and then we hit this guy here, this guy here. I also think Schoonmaker getting hurt was a big deal. Yeah. That was huge. And what is it? Is it Loveland? Yeah, Colson Mm -hmm. Loveland. Loveland. He's young. He still was not quite sure of what he's supposed to be doing, which we saw. And so yeah. that's that's another issue. And listen, I don't want to get do we do we want to talk about the 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 officials? I think we have to, right? I was okay, gonna go for I, it. I, I, I was I gonna I was, I was gonna segue to, this a little. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't want to talk about it either, but I guess we have it to. It was so I we don't have to talk about it as if we we are happy with it or we think there was any real swing on the game. But I, I do think just uh, controversy was part of this game in multiple spots, right? Whether you want to say you like it or you don't, or you agree with it or you don't, it's hard to actually discuss this game playing out the way it did without two really, really big moments to me. One uh, was the the deep ball where Roman Wilson catches the ball. Sure. He appears to have a touchdown. It is ruled a touchdown on the field upon review. It is overturned. He's down at the one-yard line. Now, from there, it's first and goal from inside the one for the number one offensive line in college football. They fumble handing to a backup running back who was a linebacker to start this season. Hack, so, you, and, and the interception was spotted two yards further back than where he actually ended up. And then yep. so – Listen, man, um, <laughs> if you're that heavily favored and you're that type of team in Michigan and you have to resort to the referees as mm-hmm. the reason why you may or may not have lost this game as a fan, there needs to be some reevaluation. Right. The, the hard thing is, is as, 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 as fans, as players, those guys have the most impossible job in sports to me because they're never going to be right. They're going to piss somebody off and they try really hard. So I try to not criticize refs. They try to get it right. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But at the end of the day, we have to live with it and we have to live with the people that we have. Right. And to your point, Greg, like, yes, that sucks that that wasn't ruled a touchdown because it pretty much clearly was a touchdown, but 
you still should be able to overcome that. And I understand that it, that it was unfortunate that it played out that way and they ended up fumbling into the end zone. And then you get a touchback out of that. So you, even if you did fumble it on the one yard line, you now spotted them 20 extra yards, 25 extra yards. So there's, there's just a lot that goes into it. But to me, like they tried their best. Um, you know, I think the bigger, the bigger thing to come out of this. And it, it's funny because it was a key point in both these games was like targeting and how we're going to go about evaluating targeting. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the rule book and you study what's said, you know, is this really a, a rule book call or is this kind of like a, uh, 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 whoever, you know, a judgment call by whoever's yeah. looking at it. Right. But obviously led with the crown of the helmet did make contact to the back of the head, you know, not going to say that it makes a big impact. It gives them a chance to, to, to have another Hail Mary or something like that at the end right. of the game. But, you know, those are the types of things that I think. How do you feel about that? Like, can do. How do you, like, I, I personally, and I guess it's because I grew up, I grew up playing, I grew up in defense. Yeah. It's impossible for you. I don't to. want that guy to get thrown out for that. No, I don't, I don't want guys to get kicked out for targeting period. Like, okay. It's such a, it's such a, to me, it's the people making the rules obviously have never been in that position. Right. Of like having to make uh, <laughs> Thank a, you. A, a physical body change while playing a thousand miles an hour and, and, and giving everything you have to make a play like the best athletes in the world. It's hard for them to do it. So, um, you Let know, me ask I, you I this, though. do you, do you think that the the way that that was ruled? Right. Because obviously the game's yeah. over. The game right. was over. There wasn't a flag well, thrown on the field. Well, it, right. Well, is is correct. But at that point, prior to the review, the game yeah. was over. There was no flag thrown. Then mm-hmm. they say, okay, we're going to review this. We're going to look and see if this is targeting. Do you think that the ultimate decision where they, they ruled that there was no targeting, do you think that was ruled because they truly did not classify that as targeting or was that ruled because of the time and place in the game where they didn't want to make a decision in that spot that is due to that rule? Because that to, just to my eye, yeah. that looked like textbook targeting. Like if we're going to yeah. have targeting rule, right? I don't know. I'm not going to say textbook targeting, but when you watched it and like, again, you have the power of slow-mo, like, yes, that was the definition in the rule book. Yes. That was targeting led with the crown of the helmet. Like, like if I that, said, if that review happens midway through the first quarter, we think that's targeting, right? Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Dude. It, I, 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 he, I thought he hit him in the back. And like okay. that, like I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, like, I think we've got a, we've got a weird um, relationship with what the crown of the helmet actually is. Because if you're digging somebody out and you know, this hack, if you're digging somebody out with your face mask, yeah, the first thing that's going to hit their chin is your crown. Yeah. Your forehead. Yeah. And that's, and I don't think people think about it in that way. And I think you and I are on the same page where, like, there's a huge – he didn't spear that guy. Spearing is different. Spearing should be called targeting. He didn't spear him. He was trying to dig him out. Yep. And I think that's the part where people look at the letter of the law or they just read a rule and they don't understand that there's a huge difference because if you're trying to dig somebody out, you got to get your head lower than their head. And your crown's going to be the first thing that makes contact, but that doesn't mean your face is up. If your body's completely like this, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, and yep. that's the part that that frustrates me. I will say this, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back to go forward. But 
I understand that the Wilson touchdown call, it should have been a touchdown. Who's the, the um, was it DeMarcado or was it, who was the TCU guy that also scored a touchdown that they called back? Was that Hudson? Both uh, teams, both teams yeah. had two touchdowns called back. Yeah. And yeah. reset. One team, one team fumbled into the end zone. Executed. Yeah. And the other team scored a touchdown. Yeah. So we don't get to complain about that. That's the only point that I wanted to make. But For I sure. agree with you it's guys with respect to targeting. Like one team fumbled the ball completely away, gave it to the other team, and then the other and then the one and then one team scored a touchdown. That's all I'm yeah. saying. We uh we we can talk about it. I'll just I'll implore Michigan fans and anybody in the state of Michigan out there, don't blame the refs on this yeah. one. You, your no. team did not play a clean enough game to claim that officials took a game from you in this one. Uh my my final question, then we'll move to to game number two, which yes. is equally Ooh. as great to talk about here. <laughs> uh for from the Michigan perspective, you know, this is two straight years in the college football playoff. Last mm-hmm. year was very much a, a get over the hump year. They were sure. big underdogs against the team that ultimately won the national title. Everybody I, I think can look back and say that was the best team in football last year. Mm-hmm. This year they're the favorite. There They're the best defense about... since Miami 2001. Sure. they. I mean, a lot of talk from everybody involved on, we're not just happy to be here this year. We're on a mission. We know where we need to be. Sure. How much years down the line is Michigan going to look back and regret that they let this one slip? Because, look, Ohio State's not going anywhere. I know they've won two straight years. But even if Michigan makes it back to the playoff in the future, even if Michigan is as good, if not better, next year than they were this season, are they going to draw a team that has zero five-star recruits on the field again? Like, Oh, savage. This is, yeah. this is a type of game you've got to win if you're a program trying to get over the hump. Right, Hack? Yeah, and that's that's always been my argument with Michigan. You know, the, yes, they've beaten Ohio State back-to-back years, but Ohio State has beat them for like 12 years straight before that, 10 years straight right. before that. So. I think you're just talking about two programs in completely different stages. And the one thing that I, that I, that I, the one point that I want to hammer home about Michigan is like Ohio state has gone outside of our conference and been successful, not only in the college football playoff, but in bowl games, whether it be down in the sec regular season games too, regular season games. So Ohio state to me is like, this goes back to like first episode we've ever done. We talk about like the godfathers of college football right now. And like the, the programs of programs, like, even though Michigan's beat them, Ohio State is still there. And I think that this performance that they put against Georgia is a testament to that, right? Right. But they're sitting at the table. Yes. Now, Michigan is like trying to knock into that secret room. Like they're still trying to get Bingo. past the VIP guys out there saying, like, hey, I don't know if you're allowed in here yet, man. And it's not a knock on them. I love what they're doing. I love their identity. I love how they're doing it. Right. But to your point, like a game like this, a layup game like this, and I'm going to say it, it, it was, right? When you talk about, the matchups and, and and on paper and how you look at things, they needed to win this game to to take the next step in the right direction. Now, the beauty of that is, is they have a whole another season. It, they have got a great off season. It's just going to be dependent on how Jim Harbaugh drives the ship and how that team in the locker room drives the ship moving forward. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about them, but I'm just to your point, Greg, like looking back, if Michigan's not competing for national championships in five, 10 years from now, this is going to be the thing that they look back to like, damn, dude, if we beat TCU and we got to the game, then what, how much of a difference does that make? Like 100 you, percent. You're leaving this open to interpretation. Can you imagine if one of the hallmarks of your program is if we beat TCU? Yeah, right. 
Like, yeah. And That's no disrespect. No disrespect to them. No disrespect to them. Right. But if Alabama, USC, Oklahoma, Ohio State, if one of the things is their their big hurdle was, man, if we only had beat TCU, <laughs> yeah. man, if we had just beat the Horn Frogs. And that's no disrespect. I think TCU is a good football team, but here's the thing: you're supposed to beat them, right? Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. And again, we look back: six point loss, two pick sixes, mm-hmm. fumble inside the one yard line. Yep. And a failed Philly special. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are just so many ways. And, you and how many tackles for loss? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's a great question. I don't have have a number for you, but... I got a number. 13. What do you got? 13 TFLs. 13 TFLs. You're the best offensive line in college football. 13 TFLs? Yeah, not there. Not there yesterday. All right, Uh, let's go to the game two. The game that literally ended with a field goal attempt as the ball drops in New York (laughs) as we count down to midnight. You could not script a better storybook ending except for if you're an Ohio State fan, the kick going in. The kick did not go in. Uh, Look, Ohio State controlled this game. I think that's fair to say. They got up two scores early. Uh, I think everybody, at least I I would assume – Everyone here probably expected Georgia to make this a fight. I don't think anybody expected Georgia to go away when they Mm -hmm. got down 14 points, but ultimately it took some Stetson Bennett heroics late in order to get over the hump, take their lead. And then CJ Stroud had his opportunity. He marches them right down into field goal range. Ultimately the kick misses and goes wide left. Uh, Let's start from the Georgia perspective here. Hack, are you surprised that Georgia had to play from behind most of this game. I'm not. I and it just goes back to me talking about Ohio State. Like I've been I've been high on Ohio State all year. I got crushed for the Michigan game, even the Northwestern game a little bit like this team. But again, like I, I just my own personal experience with that program um having played against them, understanding how they approach games, having played with guys after college who who went to school there and have good relationships with them like got a ton of respect for the way that they've built that program foundationally. And we talked about it before the game. Like these are two of the four most talented rosters in America. Bingo. And they're, they're also two of the, of the four or five programs that actually take that talent and develop it and keep them in house and are able to consistently year in, year out, 
go and get guys at positions that have two or three five stars in front of them to come in, understand they're going to wait their turn, bid their time and, and buy into the process and get developed. So that's a huge difference maker for me. And that's why I was extremely high on this team. And I knew if they got a chance, they were going to show out and I, I picked them to win this game. And to your point, Greg, I mean, they did pretty much everything that they needed to do to win this game. Um, it just didn't shake out. Right. And there's a few defining moments. And when you see this, you know, I, I can go on a limb and say, this is probably the national championship game. Like to me, this is the national championship game. And I, no disrespect to TCU, love them. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they have a hell like crazy. Imagine writing that script, right. They go out and beat Georgia next right. week. But um, you know, to me, just looking at it, talent team roster performance, like this was the national championship game. You saw two great quarterbacks go at it in a slug fest and, and really like CJ Stroud. And I think we can get to this too. Like, I want to talk a little bit about his legacy and the way that he gets a bad rap. And like I said, we'll get to that. I want to hear mm-hmm. what Phil has to say about his initial reactions first, but like the way he played down Marvin Harrison jr. For the majority of the third and fourth, for the end of the third and the whole fourth quarter, um, no Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, no Travion Henderson. Uh, and I, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like being picky, like, yeah, like, dude, you didn't have two Heisman finalists, but you still have all this, all this other talent here, but you have guys who are proved who can help you and take pressure off you. Right. And the way he played was a huge Testament and, you know, it just sucks. It didn't shake out, but a ton of credit to Georgia. I mean, they came out and bid their time. They stayed patient. And that's a, that's a veteran team led by a veteran quarterback. Um, and you saw that he approached it the fourth quarter. He was phenomenal. Two touchdowns, no, no self-inflicting, uh, you know, wounds from a play standpoint, and Stetson really drove the ship there towards the end of the game and put them in the situation to win it. Dude, I I, I love everything you've said. The things that I just I'm gonna I listen, I want what you say to stand on its own. I'm only gonna add in CJ Stroud ran the football, mm-hmm. which we've talked about this before. Yep. That was huge. It's a game. It's what got him in the field goal. It's what got him in the field goal range. Bingo. Um Georgia, we have not seen Arian Smith do anything all year. (laughs) Where did he come from? Yeah. And Brock Bowers was invisible for most of the game. And then I think that Kenny McIntosh, a guy that I thought was just a guy, he reminded me a lot of Brian Robinson at Alabama. He showed up in a big way in the passing game that we weren't expecting. And so I think C.J. Stroud was the better quarterback, even though he didn't throw us for, many, for as many yards as Stetson Bennett. I think there was a moment in this game, and I will give credit to Stetson Bennett. There was a moment in this game, midway through maybe the third quarter, I was worried that Stetson Bennett was going to fold up like a, like a lawn chair. You know what I mean? I thought they were going to pack it up and pack it in. And he said, no, 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 not me, not today. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And – Watching those moments are, it's a combination of watching those moments that make me love this sport, appreciate these players, and see like, oh, I'm going to punch back. I'm punching back. Like, you might have knocked me down, and I went to my knees. I didn't go on the ground. I'm going to punch back. And then seeing C.J. Stroud bust up, and what C.J. Stroud was able to do on that last drive, yeah. I mean, 
And I, I listen, I understand. <clears throat> listen, we can't talk bad about kickers and we can't be mean to them and blah, 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 blah. Oh, we, can, we can be mean to them here on Field of 12. No, no, we okay. can't be, we can't be mean to them. It's a hard job, but man, you got one job. We got guys out there getting their ass busted. Every play. Yeah. Every play. You know what I need? I just need you to hit this. And to you know that what we're note, doing? Though, to we're that going note, to the title. I, I, I want your guys' opinion on this, and this is very, uh, I guess, situational right now. We're really honing in on one specific moment in this game. But I was screaming this from my living room. I had a, a few too many cocktails at this point. I'm nursing the, the whole Michigan loss in my household, right? And I'm screaming at this TV. Mm-hmm. At, why are they sort of sitting on the ball? Because that – there's what 40 seconds left 30 seconds 40. left in the game they had two timeouts they've been dicing them up through the air stroud's making plays with his legs and that first down they hand the ball off no gain yeah. take a timeout and then from there i mean i know they went back to the pass on second and third down but to me it didn't seem like there was much intent to try to go get a 20 yard field goal instead of 50 yard field goal can i can i say this i think cj's not used to running is that crazy? I think he was a little out of sorts. Yeah. Is that is that like that's that's that was my takeaway from it. I don't know. I I definitely think that they could have been a little bit more aggressive. Um yeah. I tempo, think tempo, tempo. Either tempo or or even just, you know, like because uh, Georgia did do a damn good job of 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 putting pressure on CJ. He had to make yes. a lot of plays off platform, climbing in the pocket, get outside the pocket. You know, oh, he, you're, he did a little talk bit, dirty to me. Talk dirty little, to me, Hack. <laughs> he did a little bit of too much of escaping out of the backside of the pocket for me. Um, yeah, you know, running lanes for for a guy like him and the the plays in terms of how he wants to play, I think well, is going to come more from him climbing up in the pocket and then going right or left if he needs to. He's it. not like a burner who's going to capture edges consistently. It's going to string stuff out more. If you climb in the pocket, you're giving your tackles a little bit better angles, avoid holding calls, and then he could escape either way. But um, but. Uh, with that, with that note, like I think again, I, and again, I'm old school. Like you could have started that drive off with something, move the pocket a little bit, get him outside, give right. him the ability to run, get four or five yards, step out of bounds, a little bit more efficient than a zero gain. He stopped the clock, or he could throw it away, or he could take an easy one. You right. can do the same thing, capture an edge and get onside. So, I think there were some things that they definitely could have done, and I think Georgia expected them fully to run the football at that point in time. But again, your 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 hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. I thought that they did everything they could to put them in the best situation possible to win that game at the end of the, to their, to their ability there. And Noah Ruggles just didn't execute. Right. And it's, it's yeah. tough because it wasn't like anything. He hit a 47 yarder, two, three more yards, right? Like right. at the end of the day, how much is three more yards? He cleared it by a good 10 when he kicked that other field goal. And, and that, thing wasn't even in, that thing wasn't even in the, he, that the bitch landed in the Gulf dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, sucks for him. He'll get over it. I'm not mean yeah. to kickers either. I understand it. It's part of the game, right? right? Everyone, everyone fails at some point in time. Theirs just happened to be more magnified. But um, also, while we yeah, criticize yeah, Ruggles, it's also fair to just say like he was fantastic this year. That was only yeah. his third third yeah. missed kick of the season. Fucking, oh, fucking Kirk and Chris Fowler jinxed him the whole game. <laughs> they were they were kill- oh this guy's been phenomenal. He's <laughs> awesome. Da 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 da. And then that happens. It's like you know, come on, man. Let's let's give the guy something here. Fuck. <laughs> Right. Can I, sure. Um, Hack, can I ask you, what do you think about Keely Ringo? I thought, uh, I mean, I like Keely. I think he's a really good player. Right. Phenomenal. So I. I, I, you know, 
Marvin Harrison Jr. is fucking insane. Yes. <laughs> He's ridiculous. I'm talking like true old school, like knows how to win, knows how to get creative mm-hmm. in routes, no understands timing way more than you've seen in the college game. Yeah, because and, he's uh, oh wow! If you if you grew up with a dad who's a hall yeah, of famer, maybe you could yeah, be pretty it's good. Just like you know, yeah. And then you got then you're six four, two hundred ten pounds, and yeah. you know, low center of gravity, you can get in and out. Like he's ridiculous. But that's, I'm talking like the next step, though. Um, dude, that's you mentioned his low center of gravity. Yeah, I don't think we talk about that enough. He's not yeah. a high waisted guy. I think a long torso guy. He's got a long torso. His whole his legs are short, and he can just. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I can do anything. Yeah, but he, um, you know, and, and Keely Ringo, like that's a tough ass for anybody. Yeah. I think that's a tough ass for some guys. If, I think he if, played if, a really good game. Yeah, I thought he did too. But you know, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like him. I think he's, a, I think he's a difference maker. Can I just jump in and say, what did you think about Kool Aid? Uh, no, I <laughs> no, you don't like Kool Aid. No, I, I like I, him a lot. Yeah. Dude. It's nothing, nothing about nothing. Dude, the effort that he gives (laughs) is like on that Deuce Vaughn touchdown. Mm -hmm. The fact that he came all the way across the field and tried to get him at the five yard line. Yeah. While um, the Ricks kid is just like jogging behind. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, right. I mean, hustle plays like football players, right? Like those are football players. There's a difference between a football player and guys who are playing football. Yes. There there we go. All right. What do we got, Greg? So I we did this with Michigan. I feel like we need to do it with Ohio State, and uh, we can be quick on it, but we're going to do it. No the, Big Ten in the national championship game. No no Big Ten. We're going to skate on by. We're going to pretend you didn't say that for me and Hack's <laughs> sake here. Uh, Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is hit. He comes out. He does not reenter the game. Uh, he was ruled out with a concussion. Mm-hmm. They ruled no targeting after mm-hmm. reviewing that. That obviously was a big moment in the game that had implications down the stretch. Ryan Day hit the podium after and said it absolutely affected the team not having him uh, in in the stretch run of that game. Do you, for one, do we agree that that should not have been targeting? And two, do you believe that it swung the game in any way whatsoever? Felder, you go first. I mean, no. I think that was one. I think it was an amazing throw from CJ Stroud. Try to do that shit. He did not try to. <laughs> He you're on that, that all he wants. He did not try to do that thing. Dude. Okay, there you go. You're, listen, I've been arguing with people all day about that. I think that I think he couldn't get it the way that he wanted it because I think if he wanted it, it would have been a little bit more on a rope, a two like you know, like a two ball. Yeah. But he's got pressure in his face and he can't get it the way he wants it. But I think he just got smoked. And sometimes when you get smoked, you don't get you don't get to get bailed out. Is that's no, all I'm know. saying. Yeah, that's all. I, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think it was malicious. And I think that's the part with, when we get to targeting. Malicious is a big part of that. Right. This was just football. You got to exactly. So you don't think he, I, I, I think he knew he was throwing the ball to Marvin Harris. I personally thought he was trying to throw it away. I see. And I think if he was going to throw it away, it would have been it would have been like one of the Justin, the Justin Herbert throw in the Oregon game. That ball that went, came out sideways, dude. <laughs> thing was spinning like a top look at that okay there we go hey you know what i'm gonna have to apologize to all these people and tell them they're right that was just my opinion on it that's just hey, how many saying. how many receivers in that spot make that ball even look like a catchable ball though like that's, that's true that's well just the, the, the other right? thing is he stayed in bounds too 
Yeah. I don't know That's if you watched that when they slow play, slow like he was. stayed in bounds because he knew if he stepped out and touched the first illegal touching he toe tapped and then came he back stayed in bounds I, that's insane, that's man. the reason why i'm like oh this is i thought stroud had a little more control because he's he kept yeah. him in bounds yeah no, i don't know i don't know man but <laughs> to, to to answer your question of whether or not that swung swung the the momentum of the game i think 100 percent. like for me yeah. the way that uh cj used uh, Marvin Harrison was got to have it situations. Right? Yes. And for all the reasons that I mentioned, Georgia really didn't have an answer for him. They Not tried one. to bracket him. They tried to like high low him and cloud Did him. you see them? Did you see them try to bracket him? Like to the yeah. point where they're moving on pre-snap moving over to make sure they have him under control. Yes. And they still didn't. And yeah. he, he like still figures out ways to find those holes, find those gaps. Right. And I think that, when you're talking about big picture of the game, broad strokes, that last drive, if they had Marvin Harrison, I think they're a little more aggressive yes. talking about the field. Good goal, point. Right? And yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say like, I just think it's like you took away their binky, you know, their, their blanket. They've yeah. had since they were two years old all year. Mm-hmm. You take that away and they're finicky for something else. Right. It's not, they don't trust the other guys. It's just, you have a dude who's been there, done that and showed you consistently. Like right. it's really hard. And even as a quarterback, psychologically, you're like, man, like now to your point, They've been clouding him. I've only really been dealing with a couple guys over here. Now the field's balanced out, and I don't have my guy who's been winning consistently. Right. So I think it definitely impacted the game. I think Ryan Day was spot on. Um, but to CJ's credit, though, I thought he played phenomenal even without him. Yeah. Um, you know, is he QB1 or – what's he – is he QB1, 2, or 3 for you? It's so hard, man. Like, I think I think when you're talking, especially in this year's class, like, I think those, those – Bryce, him um, – I mean, really, Levis. Him. yeah, Levis. I think I think CJ and Bryce are like one A and one B, in my opinion. Got I it. think it's just going to be whoever's drafting. If they're smart, they're going to be more of it's going to be more of a schematic fit and a, who and fits. A okay, yeah, should, it's not going to have anything to do with. Should Levis even be in that conversation? Does doesn't that feel like an A and B, no C to me? Levis, Levis is if they're going to do it. I think he's the three. I just think Levis, and I, I love Will. Um, got all the tools, but he's going to yep. need a little bit more polishing. He's kind of like a Blaine Gabberty to me, uh, with less experience. Yeah. Okay. okay. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hack, you said one, one thing earlier that was just really fascinating to me. And I want to, um, kind of, I guess I have a question off of this a little bit. You alluded to the fact that for, for all intents and purposes, this was your national championship and that's no yeah. disrespect to TCU. Um, but w- looking back at both of these two games, right. The crazy games, both 10 out of 10 on an entertainment scale. I feel now a day removed from this looking back. It feels like Michigan and TCU was a highly entertaining game that could have gone both ways where both teams made a ton of mistakes, a ton of mistakes. Like we had drop passes for interceptions. We had fumbles on the first play we had. Yeah, that wasn't fair to Max. Yeah. It was just like, it, it was a ton of, here you go. Oh, wait, who's going to steal this one? Whereas Ohio State and Georgia, to me, was just a juggernaut slugfest game to me. I thought Ohio State essentially Clean. threw their, their best punch and Georgia's championship stuff when it mattered showed up. And to your point, that felt like a national championship. Do you feel that the level, looking back on these two games, like was there a big difference in the caliber of football that we got between Ohio State and Georgia versus Michigan and TCU? That's a good question. So, uh, um, 
I'll I'll say it like this, and I'll see what Felder says because I think he's gonna like this. I don't <laughs> think it was a I don't think it was a caliber like how they like scored players all that stuff. I don't think it was that much of a difference. Right? I think they were the four best teams in the country, but I think it was a difference to your point about clean, concise execution with time off development of a program and standard of the program, right? You had Kirby smart, who I've said this, I think they win back-to-back national championships, 100% in the conversation to unthrown to dethroning Alabama. I mean, Alabama did everything they could right now as the kingpin of college football. Right. And Kirby's done a great job of that. And then you have Ohio state, like just a really clean football game. And to your point, when you watch it, yeah, the, 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 the Michigan game and TCU game was exciting, but it was sloppy. When you watch yes. this game, it was execution, clean, clean football. So I don't really think that there was a difference from like players, but from a overall execution, cleanliness and program development and expectations and actually taking that to the field and mirroring those uh, principles and foundational values. This game showed it more than the Texas and the TCU uh, Michigan game. Yeah. Um, you guys eat sushi. Yeah. 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 So. Georgia and Ohio State was that sushi chef just Mm. slowly slicing, (laughs) dicing, doing everything. You know what I mean? Putting it together. Precision. Exactly. Exactly. And then TCU and Michigan was just like, I'm going to come at you with a cleaver and we'll figure out what happens. It's Beethoven and Limp Biscuit. Oh, wow. (laughs) That, see, that, see, that feels. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame line. Come on. <laughs> I think you're right, though, right? Like that's that's sort of what it, it felt like it, at their best. That felt like that was the best two teams in the country doing. Yo, that. Beethoven and Limp Biscuit. I mean, give me something to break. <laughs> I'm in a whiskey bar. I'm in Beta Six basement. It's yeah. just like you know, completely. Like, yeah, you, no, you're yeah. right. It's. But that's I, that's what I was going for is the Georgia and Ohio State game. It seemed like they had a plan the entire time, and they kept with that plan and they figured out small ways to make big wins. And with TCU, it was just like let's just try stuff and we'll see what happens. And yeah. TCU and Michigan both were like, who knows? I don't know. Michigan, because <laughs> let's be real, Michigan, Michigan was like, wait, you can score fifty points? <laughs> who knew? Yeah. Against us. I think it was more that. Like, like they probably yes, think it's 50 yes. points, but like against us? It's like yeah. Spider-Man, that Spider-Man meme. Everyone was like, all right, who's gonna do this? Yeah. The the one where they're pointing at each other. Like, yeah, like wait, you, you? Uh, Jay, but it was Jay, yeah, so I, I agree with you, Hack. I think that at the end of the day, like this was this this does feel like it was the our actual national championship game, but I will say this. I think Ohio State did lay some blueprints down. For what yep. TCU has to do against Georgia. Yep. Can so, they do it? I don't know. But they laid down what you have to do if you want to be successful. So we're we're gonna spend much of this week going in depth on the national yeah. championship preview. So we won't do too much, but we will tease it just quickly in a second here. I'll give both these guys a shot at their initial glance expectations for the game. Ooh. Uh just to to put a bow on it though, I think JJ McCarthy said word for word this week, we're gonna bring the Big Ten to the Big Twelve. Nah, TCU brought the Big 12 to that football game. That's what happened. Michigan had to play a Big 12-style football game, uh, and ultimately that's what happened. Limp Biscuit style, as Hack would say. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. 
All right. So uh, our friends at Bet Rivers, who are uh, our lovely sponsor for all things Field of 12, have the opening line for this game as Georgia 13 and a half point favorites against TCU. Oh. That is a ton of points. Then again, it's Georgia defending champs. TCU was sloppy this week. They survive. I don't know. I, my initial glance is like, come on, guys. 13 and a half points for the team that Ohio State almost just beat. And TC, I mean, it's Max Duggan. Is it a, a TCU offense that can keep up? Do you think that's too many points? Just initial glance, Felder. I need to see a healthy Kendra Miller. That is incredibly important. I know that we like Dave Cardo and he did a really good job. Yeah. I need to see a healthy Kendra Miller. But realistically, I don't. I Oh, by the way, we haven't talked about this at all. Jalen Carter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's up with him? What's up with him? I'm, I'm very curious because I've been trying to look and see, and I don't know what's going on with him. Because no he didn't look like himself at all. No. So, I think that, yes, if it's, if it's what would you say, 13 and a hook? 13 and a hook. TCU's going to cover this for sure. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a problem game, especially because Darnell Washington, mm-hmm. we also don't know what's going on with him. We saw yeah. him go down the tunnel. Yep. Yeah. This is a weird game. Hack? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Um. I feel like this this Michigan and 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 uh, Georgia style of ball kind of mirror a little bit, but I think Georgia's mm-hmm. a little bit more developed, and Stetson's obviously proven that he can beat you more than JJ can. They play a little yeah. bit of a cleaner game. Well, they um, let him, right? Um, but I, I just think that that uh, that Todd Monkin's going to do a great job of being able to not skip steps and, and punch and counter punch a little bit better than uh, the mosh pit that that Michigan had offensively at times. So. Um, you know, looking at it, I, I think that there's some there's some matchup issues. If if TCU comes out and executes as well as they did against Michigan, I don't know if if Georgia's gonna panic A and B not execute and not counterpunch the way Michigan did, right? So so I think that that kind of nullifies itself. Greg, you made a great point. Ohio State laid a blueprint. I'm not quite sure if TCU can mirror that. Right. Okay. I don't know if TC, I think they have explosive players. I think they have guys who can be difference makers. Um, I'm just not quite sure. Max Duggan's going to have to play a much better game than he played last week. Oh, for sure. This was a I bad love game. Max. It can't be a, you know, valiant leader, bloodied up. You know, it, it has to be a clean cut. Here comes, uh, here comes Maximus down the line. Like he needs, he needs to play and show it. Um, and he needs to play a lot better than he did last week if they want to. If they want to, I think really have a good chance at this one. So I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Like Duggan's got to be, he's got to hit Quentin Johnston. By the way, where was Savion Williams in this game? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, they've got to yeah. they've got to hit their spots. I totally agree. Yep. Yeah. It presents itself as a very fascinating matchup. Uh, again, I was just struck. The gambling side of me was like, whoa, that's a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, but then again, maybe I'm just charmed by this TCU team right now. That's What's the points for this? I believe it was 64, maybe. Let me get an actual number for you. From for Georgia record. and TCU? For the total, yeah. 64. Uh, 83. 60, 62 and a half is the overrunner. 83 for Ohio State and UGA. Yeah. 60, 62 and a half feels a little low to me, but maybe, I mean, 
Maybe there's concerns TCU won't be able to score at all in this game. We'll see. Yeah, but if they can't score at all, that means Georgia's going to probably score 50. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very good point. Uh, we're we're going to be back later this week with a whole uh, crew of people on here to break this down in depth. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday are our two shows this week. I'm sure we'll get our entire lineup. I don't know the specifics of who's on, but we'll make sure everybody gets an at-bat in front of the microphone to give you their take. Uh, We appreciate everybody who's followed the Field of 12 all season long. Again, you can find us on the SiriusXM app. You can find us on the YouTube channel, Field of 12. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our videos there. This has been an absolute blast, gentlemen. I'm glad college football fans everywhere and us here at the field of 12 were rewarded with such an exciting college football playoff semifinal here's to the national championship being just as exciting for michael felder for christian hackenberg for producer dagan hughes my name is greg waddell and we will see you tuesday on the